If you want to push past mediocrity in your business, you have to be intentional about who you connect with. Welcome everyone to another edition, episode eight of the John Norman Leadership Podcast, bringing you content on the last Thursday of every month. Uh, if it's helping you in any way, would you do me a favor? Would you hit subscribe, share across your platforms and your wider circles? And the goal is as you lift the level of your leadership, others will rise with you. Over the past few months uh, during this pandemic, if you're listening to this in uh, whenever in the future, if it's 2021, 2022, we are facing a global pandemic right now. And one of the challenges we have faced and I have faced personally is the uh, the tendency to settle or pull back or retreat in this season and how easy it is to slip into a mindset of mediocrity. I want to just share some thoughts today around leading past mediocrity. And this will be a little bit different because I'm going to share some of my personal experience stories, be a little bit open and vulnerable. Um, many of you know I lead a church, Soul Church in Norwich, the UK, and um, I am passionate. My wife and I, Chantel, we are passionate about helping people, leading people um, in all walks of life, whether that's in business, in the arts, in sport. Um, we want to see your lives flourish. And so everything we do on the podcast is really to help you take steps forward in your leadership. And our organization has grown from around 100 people uh, since our start in 2014 to around 1,600 people uh, each Sunday across the church. We have 30 staff. We run a nursery and a foundation. So many of the lessons I'm going to share today, if not all, I hope you can relate or apply to your business and organization. And these are just a handful of lessons that we've learned the hard way. They're painful. Um, but they've helped us lead uh, past mediocrity. And you can earn a living from mediocrity, you can get by, but leading past mediocrity will give you a platform to really help others move forward. It'll help you gain influence and ultimately you'll feel a greater sense of purpose in your life. So here we go. Here's just a few thoughts. Number one is, is this, our language sets the tone for our culture. Now this is huge. As, as, as leaders, CEOs, uh, volunteers, how we speak sets the tone for the churches, the organization, the businesses that we run. Now, I had been a part of a very large church in, in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, of around 12,000 people. So when we came back to Norwich, England, which is a, it's not much of a metropolis like Cape Town, um, I had to make a decision that we could still build something large in a small place. So what that meant is that I wasn't going to change my language. I still talked in terms, and I still talk in terms, of where I want to be not where we're at. So we have to think and speak like we're a church of a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, even though we are a church of just a few hundred. And language has to uh, has to keep on the forefront of of our culture. Language like that will do. We had to change that language. That will do is very mediocre. You know, someone brings you something, and we, you know, easy to just say, "Oh, that will do." But actually, we've got to make a decision that that won't do that often a little bit more, a little bit extra, and then some can actually take something that was very mediocre to something that excels. Another phrase we had to address in our language to lead past mediocrity was not a problem. You know, often people say, uh, you know, go to a coffee shop, can I have a coffee? And, you know, the person will, you know, 
say not not a problem. But you know, whenever someone says not a problem, it means I am potentially a problem. And so we taught our staff and our team to stay instead of it's a problem or not a problem, say it's my pleasure. It's amazing those small little tweaks didn't cost any money. They didn't cost, you know, any resource, but what they did is they changed the culture and it helped us lead uh, lead past mediocrity. What about the one of, you know, when people say, how are you doing? How's your day? And we can say, all right, or not bad. But we changed that language to, we're doing great. We're doing better than expected. I think language in our organizations is so critical, so critical to the culture. They're marginal gains, but they're huge wins. I wonder what small areas of your organization you can just tweak when it comes to your language. You know, sometimes, you know, we don't like confrontation. I don't like confrontation. In fairness, I don't think we should like confrontation. But there are things that we need to confront in the church, in the organization that can potentially hold us back and keep us mediocre. The second, the second change that we had to make is our mindset. Our mindset raises the bar for our organization. Our language sets the tone for the organization, but our mindset raises the bar for the organization. I think this has probably been the biggest barrier that I've faced as a leader. In the Bible, it speaks about daily renewing your mind. I think there's something powerful about every day, removing some of the toxic negativity and some of the thoughts and some of the, you know those things that can keep us down. And to move past mediocrity, we have to daily renew our minds. I think naturally, especially during lockdown, COVID season, we want to play it safe, don't we? We want to retreat. We, it's so easy. We can just slip into mediocrity without even realizing it. But you know, there's actually new companies that are emerging right now. Why? Because they're thinking different. They've got new strategies, new ideas. And maybe you're facing a challenge in your business. Can I challenge you? Instead of falling behind, instead of becoming mediocre, why didn't you think about new ways? I'm, I'm a great believer in every problem has a solution. Often solutions take brain power. Maybe you just need to get away for a day, go to the coast, sit in a cafe, reflect, think, think your way out of the situation. For me, I limited the size of our church, the size of our city. You know, you can build large organizations in small places. Then someone pointed out to me that one of the largest insurance companies in the world, Aviva, it started in our city. Our football club has over 1.5 million people who follow it. And so you can build something big in a small place if you're prepared to shift your mindset. And in this new, ever-evolving virtual world, you can have a large organization, a large church, a thriving business in a small place if you're prepared to lead past mediocrity. All we need to do is make a decision to change our mindset. I have a little bit of joke with our staff and our team, but Norwich is my New York. Norwich is my New York. I think like a New Yorker in Norwich. You know what it does? It helps me keep pushing the barriers, keep taking risks, keep moving forward. Another mindset that we had to break through was we don't have enough staff, team, or money. Can anyone relate to this? You know, I've never met a, an employer or a, a pastor or a leader who says, you know, I've got enough money or enough staff or enough resources. But you know, that mindset of always, you know, I, I could go to the next level if I had, it'll actually keep you small. So instead of, you know, maybe you haven't got the money right now to hire the person you need, but here's the thing, maybe you've got the innovation, maybe you've got the idea, and maybe it's a long way around the table, maybe it means coaching someone, maybe it's maybe giving someone else some more responsibility, maybe it's having some honest conversation. Often no money means more innovation. 
And it's amazing how many times when we, as a team, we come together and we, we outthink the problem. We can push past mediocrity. It's amazing what the power of brainstorming session can do with your team. Often the difference between mediocrity and excellence is just a few minutes of thinking, a few minutes of strategizing. Often we think, and I've fallen into this trap so many times that to achieve excellence, we have to throw money at it. But excellence isn't about money. Excellence is about attitude. The word excellence is a Greek word. It came from the original Olympics hundreds of years ago. It's a word called hoopabello. It means to throw beyond. You know, in your business, don't just be like any other business or what any other church or, you know, just a mediocre, but why don't you be a hoopabello business, a hoopabello organization, a hoopabello church, which means you're prepared to go beyond, to throw beyond. I'm told that there are six types of hotels in the world. You've got a one-star hotel, which is pretty basic, to a six-star, which is full, full-on luxury. You know, there's one word that separates them, excellence. They all have a bed, hopefully. They all have a, some sort of washing facility. They all have a reception. They all have a breakfast. They all have a, a staff. But the great divide between a one-star and a six-star is excellence. Excellence to go beyond. You know, I think most businesses or organizations, they're just happy to be a three-star, that no one wants to be a one-star. They're happy to be a three-star. You know, my three-star experience in a hotel is you can't wait to get home. If you've ever stayed in a sort of overnight motel, hotel, it does the job, doesn't it? It just, you know, scratches away your itch and it gives you a bed. You survive. You, you begrudgingly want to pay for it at the end and basically you never want to go again. A few years ago, when we were living in Cape Town, we, we got to stay in a six-star hotel for our wedding anniversary. Oh, it was a special experience. It wasn't a hotel, it was an experience. I wrote down some of my feelings uh, after I left that hotel, and th th here they are. Number one is I didn't want to leave. It was such an amazing experience. I didn't want to leave. I also wanted all my family and closest friends to be there and experience what I was experiencing. I got inspired. I pinched ideas. There was a television that came out of the end of my bed. I didn't begrudge paying for it, even though it was a lot more money than the three-star hotel, because I'd had such a wonderful experience and made so many amazing memories, I didn't begrudge paying for it. And finally, I wanted to come back. Can you see the difference between a three-star and a six-star? Can you see the difference between a mediocre experience and an excellent experience? Excellence is what makes you stand out. Don't allow your business your church just to become mediocre, just going with the flow. What makes your business stand out is the small things. It's the little wow factors. I want our church, Soul Church, the church that I lead, that I'm passionate about, to be the friendliest, tidiest, most life-giving place in our city. I'm not saying that because I want to be better. I'm just saying that because I want to give people a better experience. I want people to come to our church, corporates to come and learn. So I want to pitch a question to you today. What area of your church, of your business, of your organization is three stars? It will do, it will get you by, it will give people what they need. Or do we want to give people what they need or give them an experience they'll never forget? Third and final thought for us today in leading past mediocrity is our connections open the doors to our future. Our connections open the doors. I realized that our culture and my mindset 
Uh, it really set the vision for our future, but it was directly connected to my connections. We cannot afford to act as an island. None of us can. We needed friends. We needed connections. and We needed people who were further ahead of us. So this means intentional connection. If you want to push past mediocrity in your business, you have to be intentional about who you connect with. For us, that means uh, as a church of 15, 1600 right now, we've got to connect with churches that have 2,000, 3,000, 10,000. Why? Because I want to learn the skills and the leadership associated with churches who are in front of us. If you want to feel good about yourself, go to an organization or a shop or a, or a church that's smaller than you, and you'll feel good. But here's the thing you won't learn. You've got to break free from mediocre thinking. How do you do that? By going into environments that are bigger. Learn new ways of doing things. Ask tough questions. Be okay to admit that you've made mistakes. Learn from other people's mistakes. What, what's all this about? This is about finding people, connections. You know, they, they say there's three ways to learn in life. The easiest and the cheapest way, as all of us have found out, is other people's mistakes. You ever seen other people made a mistake? You think, well, I'm not going to make that mistake. Then there's the hardest way, which is learning through your own mistakes. Trust me, I've made plenty of those. But then there's the most tragic way, which is never at all. Often our connections teach us new ways to do old things. They'll teach us the mistakes they've made to help us so we don't fall in those same ways. So we've got to learn. We've got to push past mediocrity through connections, through open doors. I'm going to teach it like this. We've got to relearn how to drive. Last year, I was invited to do a track day in Silverstone. And it was an amazing day because I got to drive some pretty fast cars. And it began uh, with a really interesting conversation. I was blessed to have uh, my instructor for the day was a, a, a previous or a former Formula One uh, racing car driver. And he was in his 70s. He was just the best. He was such a gentleman. And he gave me the best experience I could ever imagine on, on the track. But when we got into the car, he said to me, um, you know, most guys just want to drive and they want to drive quickly, fast. Now, he said, for the next 30 minutes, he said, before we turn on the engine, he said, I'm going to teach you how to drive. And I gave him a look that he'd seen hundreds of times before as he, does, as he did his job. The look was, I already know how to drive. And he said, right now, you're thinking you know how to drive. I said, exactly. He said, no. He said, you know how to drive from zero to 70. I'm going to teach you how to drive from 70 to 150. You see, it's a different skill set. Most of us can drive from zero to 70 from a small road to the motorway, but he was going to teach me to drive and enter territory that I'd never entered before. He taught me things like just when you're driving 100 miles an hour and you turn the steering wheel just a millimeter, it has a huge effect on the car. When you're driving at five miles an hour and, and pull it a, set, a, a millimeter, let me tell you, it doesn't affect the car hardly anything. So he taught me how to drive. Now, every Every leader who's listening, we have to find leaders 
who are driving at 70 plus. Most of us know how to drive from zero to 70. Most of us know how to run our organizations the way we've always run them, run run the business. But we've got to get around people who can teach us to drive 70 to 150. Who is challenging you? Who is challenging me to go to the next level? Who is prepared to have the honest conversation? Who is prepared to critique what we do? Who is prepared to help us see the blind spots of mediocrity in our organization? Someone better than you, further ahead than you, growing faster than you. That shouldn't threaten us. And let me tell you, there's been times in my leadership I felt threatened by others who are further ahead of us, but now I'm trying to use it to motivate me to go to the next level. I think it's really helpful. And my prayer is that you will lift the level of your leadership past mediocrity as we remember these three lessons, that our language sets the tone for the culture. Our mindset, it raises the bar for the organization and our connections open the doors for the future. Hey, I really appreciate you taking time out to join us today. Hope it's been helpful. I hope you can apply these lessons to your leadership, wherever that is. And remember, as you lift the level of your leadership, others will rise around you. Take care and God bless. I'd value your commitment by liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, commenting on it and sharing it with your teams. Remember, you are your only limit. And this podcast is to lift the level of your leadership. And as you rise, others will rise around you.